hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life, part of EFTN.com.au. My name's Trevor Long, and you can join me here each and every week for a show about technology, questions about technology, if you've got problems with technology. These are all the things I try and cover and try and help you with as the show goes on. And uh, also try and bring you some new apps, new news, uh, information about technology as it may affect you in your life. And um, a bit to talk about tonight and today and this afternoon and this morning because it doesn't matter what time of day it is for you, uh, it is this week on Your Tech Life. Um, Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies um, supporting Your Tech Life. Now, new iPads have been announced. Um, I will tell you all about those shortly. Plus the smart pen, which talks to your iPad. I actually think, and we've talked about this broad product over the last few years, but um, this is really exciting. And and this is the best uh, advance in this smart pen space for a little while. I did a spot this week on um, one of my regular radio spots in Perth on 6PR, and it was um, eight tips for iPhone users. And I thought I'd share those with you today, because they're actually quite useful. Things that you might already know, but possibly some that you don't. Uh, We're going to talk about a new app called Findery, uh, which is very interesting. A very interesting app, product, that I don't think anyone really knows how it will best be used, because there are historical applications for it, there are fun applications for it, goodness only knows. So I'll tell you about all those things and a whole lot more uh, this week. On Your Tech Life, and you can get in touch. Just go to the website, EFTM, or yourtechlife.com. Click on the email Trevor Long part. Send me an email, say day, and I will uh, get you on the show, say day, and uh, make it all happen for you and help you with your technology problem. And you can leave a message, call 1-800-157-157. That's a free call. Call it now, 1-800-157-157. Well, the big news was last week, uh, middle of the week, uh, I think Wednesday morning our time, uh, Tuesday morning uh, Apple time, <laughs> Apple time, San Francisco time, at the Yuna Buena uh, Centre for the Arts in San Francisco, uh, Apple uh, CEO Tim Cook stood up and um, uh, introduced a whole host of Apple representatives, announced a few products and a few things. And uh, before I talk about the new iPads, I want to talk about software. OS 10, which is the, the primary operating system for Apple uh, on the Mac computers, MacBooks, MacBook Airs, MacBook Pros, Macs, iMacs, all those different things, um, has been upgraded, a new version called Mavericks. Now, we knew it was coming. We expected it to be, to be announced and possibly available soon. It was announced as available that day, winning, but it was also announced as being free. And you think, well, wasn't it only $30 last year, the upgrade? Yeah, it was. But it's still a fundamental difference between Microsoft and Apple that Apple's able to give away its operating system and make sure that it's upgraded for free, therefore making sure as many people as possible have it. Imagine if Microsoft did that. I think the number of people who would have installed Windows 8 would be dramatically higher. So is this challenging the status quo with software? Well, operating systems aside... What about then their Office suite? Microsoft Office costs hundreds of dollars. Pages, what they call iWork, 
Uh, Pages, numbers, keynote from Apple used to cost a little bit too, even on the iPad and the iPhone. Now, it's free. I think that's very interesting. They've got a free version of their their productivity suite. It's available in the cloud, so all your documents are available anywhere. You can edit them with people. It's collaborative. It's actually huge. It's a huge advance, and it's free. That is a real shot across the bows to uh, to Microsoft, in my opinion. I I don't think Microsoft would have seen that coming. The operating system, yeah, thirty bucks saved. The Office Suite. I don't know why you'd install Office on a Mac. Now, I paid 300 bucks for Office on my Mac when I bought it. And I feel ripped off now because I should have just got pages and keynote and numbers because that's all I need. Very interesting stuff from Apple and, uh, and a fundamental shift in the way software is priced. So that was the software side of things. On the hardware side of things, um, iPads have been updated. We'll start with the iPad mini. The iPad mini has been updated with a new retina display so this is the high resolution display the ipad mini with retina now starts at 479 dollars for this g for the 16 gig model um and goes up to oh, around 949 i think for the 64 sorry the 128 gig model and um the original ipad mini is still available for 349 now that's that iPad Mini with Retina is a hundred dollars or more ex- more expensive than the iPad Mini was this time last year, so they're really charging you for the for the better screen, given that the the, the old iPad's only twenty dollars cheaper than it was last year. The iPad itself, though, now let's be clear: this is the fifth generation of iPad. The original one, um, squarish look. The iPad Two became a nice rounded look. The three and the four, or the iPad, the new iPad and the fourth-generation iPad, which was just subtly announced, all looked pretty much exactly the same as the iPad 2. Revolutionary change. The the fifth-generation iPad is not only a very different look, so it's thinner, has the same look in terms of the curved edges as the iPad mini, and it's also smaller. So the screen is the same size, but the bezel around the outside is smaller. Therefore, the whole device is smaller. It's lighter, thinner, everything. And it's the fifth generation, and it's called the iPad Air. So, big deal, big change. It starts at $598 and goes up to around $1,000, $1,050 for the 128-gig model. And interestingly, again, the iPad 2 remains on sale at $449. Now, why you would buy an iPad 2, which is a couple of years old now, not quite sure. Um, So, look... This is a big change. It's a big difference. People will buy it because they want to have the latest one, but it has also got a faster processor, lots of new things in it. Uh, And the fact that you can now get GarageBand, iMovie, iPhoto, Numbers, Pages, and Keynote all for free is massive for iPad users. So I'd love to know what you think. Are you going to rush out and get one? Do you want one? Do you care? I don't know. You've got to tell me. Uh, Give me a call, 1-800-157-157, or go to the website, EFTM.com.au or the old one, yourtechlife.com. They both go to the same place, uh, just sometimes easier for people to remember your tech life. Uh, you can email me from there, send me an email, say good day. Doesn't matter what it is, get in touch, I'll try and help you out. Your Tech Life. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, I think you probably remember me talking over the, over the last few years about LiveScribe smart pens. Now, these are pens that require a special paper. They have a little camera in them, and they can actually see where you're writing, what you're writing, and they can record it as a 
as a graphic, essentially. So when you plug the pen into your computer, you can see your notes on the screen. Uh, the Echo, the Pulse, they've had a few different versions. The Sky, I think it was last year, had Wi-Fi in it. Now, what they also do is they have audio in them, a microphone. You can actually record what's happening while you're making notes. Now, this is good in meetings or university lectures or school. So you can you could be writing a note. Let's say I'm writing a, a note page here while I'm talking. I'm interviewing someone or something. Later on, down the track, tomorrow, next year, whenever, I can go back to that notepad, just turn to the notepad, and I can tap the pen on the page at a certain word, and it starts playing through the speaker in the pen, the audio, what was being heard at that very moment. Super cool. Now, the, the, the Wi-Fi version was cool, but I still found a little bit restrictive in terms of actually getting connected to Wi-Fi networks and having it sync up. Well, they've announced the LiveScribe 3. And this one, I reckon, is, is the real deal breaker. It's $199, and it synchronizes with your iPad or your iPhone. It uses Bluetooth, Bluetooth Smart, the latest Bluetooth uh, version. And what happens is when it's turned on and the app is on, it, it, it in real time moves and pushes your information across to the iPad. If you don't have the iPad on while you're taking notes, when you do turn it on and you, and you, you turn the pen on at the same time, it just synchronizes and pushes all the data over. Now, this time, quite controversially, the pen does not have a microphone in it. It's not recording audio. That's a big deal because these things are um, renowned for that. Because what they've done is they've taken all the things out of the pen that, frankly, any other smartphone or iPad can do, and they've just left it in the iPad. You tap record on your page, and the iPad sitting next to you does the audio recording for you. So they've just kind of switched it around a bit. They've been able to make the pen a little bit more pen-like, <clears throat> excuse me, but still very nice. Big, big chunky pen still. Um, but it's it's the simple seeing your notes appear. You can swipe across your notes and see them as actually written text. It recognizes your handwriting. And I've got appalling handwriting. It does a reasonable job of it, I've got to be honest. You can search your notes. You can upload your notes, synchronize them to iCloud, whatever it might be. Plus, you've got your audio there. You can read back or hear back your notes. This is very exciting technology. If you're in uni... Uh, or you're a student, or uh, you are a, a person who works a lot and has a lot of meetings, makes a lot of notes at meetings, LiveScribe 3 comes 199 is the pen and probably one booklet. I think it's about 269 with the kind of upper-end package, which has a nice leather folio for your books and things. Highly regarded product in the media industry, this, this device. Well used by journalists to record press conferences while they're talking and, and, and uh, writing. So, yes, a big fan of this device, and if you've got one, you might want to upgrade. If you don't, worth checking out. I've put photos and a review up at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life, each and every week, thanks to the good people at Garmin. Have you ever considered, what if there was a HD action camera without the limits of the other cameras? A camera that films smarter, longer? Would you tell a better story? Meet Verb. A true HD 1080p action camera with built-in chroma display, up to three-hour battery life, and a rugged waterproof design. Easily film exactly what you see. You can check it out right now at garmin.com.au. And what you can record with this tiny, tough thing, absolutely anything you like. You can add a micro SD card. It's got a fantastic battery built into it. As I said, it's rugged and waterproof. And it's actually got a display on it. A lot of these action cameras don't. Uh, so you have to hope 
that you're pointing in the right direction or not with the verb from Garmin. Uh, superior image quality, a wide view lens, leading edge extras all built in, stabilisation so there's no seasickness effect that you get sometimes with these cameras and it's all top quality stuff thanks to Garmin. Uh, it's called the Verb, V-I-R-B. It's a 1080p action camera and you can check it out now at garmin.com.au Your Tech Life with Trevor Long And you're listening to Your Tech Life, yourtechlife.com or you can call 1-800-157-157 wherever you're listening right across Australia. Get in touch, say good day if you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, doesn't matter what it is, get in touch, 1-800-157-157. Now, there's a few sites, there's a few brands in in the world of internet that um, people know, and, uh, you know, Google's one of them, Yahoo's one of them, and I think another one, without any doubt, is Flickr. Now, Flickr was, was a huge photo-sharing website, and uh, people that, that find, that, that begin these websites, that found these websites... Um, you know, they are the true innovators in our world when you consider that this was a whole new frontier. So uh, you have to respect anything people like that are working on. And uh, today I have on the line one of the co-founders of Flickr from back in the day, Katarina Fake. G'day, Katarina. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Now, I've got you on the line because you've just launched a brand new app. Now, there's a mobile version of this uh, when you go to the on the website, but it's called Findery. Now, the app, though... Is a great simple way to, to do this if you've got if you've got a, a smartphone. The idea of Findery is to leave notes around the place. Tell me about it. So on Finder, you can you got it right. Um, you can find and leave notes all around the world. Um, it's an app that you can download from the the App Store in Australia. You can um, you can open it up in wherever you are, whether you be in you know Perth or Brisbane or what have you. Um, learn a little bit about the places around you. People have left notes. They're kind of sometimes about history, sometimes they're personal stories. They'll tell you about, you know, the fast food restaurant or the shop down the hall or why there's, you know, this kind of architecture around. Hmm. And one of the things that's interesting about it is that we've been working on it for about a year, year and a half now, feeding it with content and growing the community and Mm -hmm. the initial members. So there's already stuff on the ground there. Um, so I welcome everybody to kind of go and check it out and, you know, um, leave notes, tell us your stories and, you know, tell us, uh, you know, tell us your first job, your first kiss, where you used to go to school, how you used to hang out with Isla Fisher. That was hanging, <laughs> that was, that was uh, kind of one of the stories this morning. Um, all of that kind of thing. And, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it on my computer now, but I've also got the app on my smartphone. Essentially, you've got a map and, and tags all over the map with, you know, the photos of the people that, that leave the tag. And is this one of those things that you don't really know what it's for yet? You've obviously, you know, you came up with the idea based on something and, you know, it might be for you, for you it might be, uh, you know, leaving those, these historical notes about your life. Um, you know, for example, I might put in there um, a note of where I, where I proposed to my wife, where we first met. Um, different things like that, so that thinking down the track to the future, my kids can can go on and discover those places. But then, likewise, there's the whole tourist aspect of it, isn't there? Where you know, great tourist spots can be found because they're not in the book; they're actually out there for people to to know about. But who's telling each other? And this is a way to communicate that. Well, yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the beauties of designing software that are participatory like this. Mm. That's like Flickr was that way. Um, and Finder is definitely that way. You don't really know how people are going to use it. You know, you can leave public notes, or you can leave private notes. So some people leave little 
little love letters around for their boyfriend or girlfriend as they know they're going to be passing through a neighborhood. Or we've got, for example, there's a real estate company in uh, New York City who is using it as a way of advertising not only the properties that they have for sale, but their local knowledge about where the best schools are, where the best roof gardens are, where the best stables are. And so people are using it for, for things that we could not possibly have come up with ourselves. And that's kind of one of, one of the wonderful things about it, is that it's wide open. It's the beautiful thing about uh, entrepreneurialism in, in, the, in the modern age, isn't it? You, you actually may have the best idea, but it's actually even better when the community joins it. Is, is the app such, because I've only been playing with it for a very short time, but is the app such that if I have the notifications and everything turned on, that when I pass a note, it will prompt me? Yes, yeah, so we're we're currently have a feature called bumping, which means that you can bump into notes as you um, as you go through the world. So you may be following somebody, you're following you know a family member or a friend or a colleague or even somebody that you just know from the internet. And as you're passing through a neighborhood, you can you can get a notification that says you bumped into a note. You bumped into a note by Trevor. Mm. And then you can discover what it is that person left for you. What what is it? What is the thing that prompted you with this idea? What 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 was there something missing from from life that that sort of the light bulb moment well, came? Well, the original idea actually came from when my daughter and I went camping once, just the two of us. And she was only three years old, and we fell asleep inside a circle of redwood trees in Northern California, and it was like one of those. Magic moments, which you mm. want to kind of bottle up and keep forever. And I say, how can I, you know, how can I keep this moment? And suddenly it occurred to me, if, you know, of course I'm not going to carve my initials on the tree, but what I should do, and like obviously I'm a technology entrepreneur, um, is build a service where you can drop things, you can leave notes in places all over the world. It's like and the Shawshank of- Redemption, um, my, you know, one of my favorite movies, and there's that there's the box buried under a rock at the end, and essentially what you're doing is you're bringing those physical ideas of of leaving a note um, wherever it might be, you bring it to the to the virtual world, and and therefore the notes are shared broadly with more than just one person or the person who discovers it. Oh, exactly. I mean, I I love that movie too, and I love this idea of kind of like a message in a bottle or a buried treasure or and people have left notes on, you know, park benches, and there's this one wonderful note about, you know, the rock at the end of the road where all of the kids used to play and the story around that. And so all of these kind of places that in your life are very magical places um, you can commemorate, you can share, you can leave private notes for people that shared that experience with you. So, you know, for example, one of my very closest friends and I, we always had the same clothes because we would always go shopping at the same time in the same place and like <laughs> the same things. And so I left a note, you know, for her at a shoe store in Los Angeles for her to find that, you know, tells a story like, you know, we came here, this was like eight years ago, I always think of you whenever I have these shoes on, and this is where we bought those shoes. Little memories like that, they're personal, sometimes they're just um, to be shared with one or two other people, and then sometimes you want to, you want to tell a story and you want everybody to know. Exactly. And, it's and- a wonderful story. I, you know what I can see coming? I can see, um, I can see like gamification of this. I can see uh, groups. You know those kind of amazing race style um, adventures that go on. I can see people who do geocaching. I don't know if you know what that is, but you know where you're looking for GPS signals. I can see people having basically treasure hunts for notes, and uh, and what a great oh, way to do yeah. it. Yeah, so you know that is one thing, and I'm really hoping that some people will develop and use uh, Finder as a platform for is 
scavenger hunts and mm. geocaching and all of those kinds of activities where you find things around the world. Um, you know, I, I think that the possibilities here are, are, you know, even greater than I could even come up with. Or even, you know, a team of 12, 12 very smart technologists working on the product in San Francisco could ever come up with on their own. Um, you know, the, the world's a very creative place. Being involved with something like Flickr from the get-go, um, seeing the, the huge roller coaster that, that was an upward um, amazing ride um, through to the sale to Yahoo, obviously financially that's an amazing thing. Is, is, it, is it the case that um, setting up something like this wouldn't be possible without that kind of that, that reputation and that, that uh, financial backing? Or is the, is the world of startups still such that a great idea really um, can be done by anyone at any time. Um, and, and we just love seeing that happening over, mainly in Silicon Valley, obviously. Well, I do think that, you know, it does get easier if you've had a success in your pocket. Sure. For sure. It makes it easier, for example, to raise money from venture capitalists. But, you know, we did, we, we did um, you know, Flickr on, you know, hardly any money. It was built in Canada. It was built up in Vancouver, um, it was built on technology that was actually, um, you know, it was a lot more difficult to develop things in those days than it is now. Um, so some things have gotten easier. There's, you know, Amazon Web Services. You can, you don't have to build all of these data centers. Um, you know, there's just so many things. There's a kind of a very thriving, um, you know, tech press, and you can learn about things that are happening all over the world and startups that are happening. And I really think that, you know, um, startups in Canada, startups in Australia, startups in Israel have a really good chance of, of um, becoming big in a kind of a global platform. So I do think, um, you know, some things have gotten easier, some things have gotten harder. Certainly mm. if you've had a success behind you, it's easier the second time around. But other things are harder too because I really think a lot of entrepreneurs, second time around, third time around, they start kind of, uh, you know, resting on their laurels or, or stop taking risks and you don't want to lose what you've already got. So in some ways it becomes harder because you have to, continue to take risks, make mistakes, you have to be willing to fail in ways that, you know, are very difficult once you've already been successful. So I try to, mm. you know, keep true to that. Yeah, you I mean, you, 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 can't become, you can't become a distinct failure um, after a huge success because it, it, it inhibits everything you do later. So you're actually a little bit more cautious um, maybe the second and third and fourth time around, but hopefully that leads to greater success. Obviously, you've had people using the, the service for a little while now. I don't know who Kate Andrews is, but she obviously works, she either works for you or loves the product because she's put a lot of notes around Sydney. She's, yes. Now I know Kate Andrews. She has been one of our most dedicated, um, dedicated users. Wonderful notes. Great community member. Very yeah. supportive. Um, anybody who builds online communities, or you know, would know how lucky they are to have somebody um, like Kate Andrews, um, kind of uh, having their back down there in Sydney when we're so far away. It's a wonderful thing. How do you measure success with something like this? Obviously, you know, it's a global platform. Um, you know, uh, you, can, you can see the great thing about the internet and modern um, uh, startups like this is you can see every every bit of data is available. You know how many people are downloaded it. You know how many people have registered. You know how many people are active. What is a measure of success for you with something like this in six months when you look at it and you go, how do we go in Sydney? How do we go in Australia? Is it just that, that people keep using it and it's not entirely about scale? Or, yeah, or- I mean, like I, I definitely think that, you know, we have planned on Findery taking a while to grow. Mm. It's a long play. We have um, we have always we have always known that what we're undertaking is a huge challenge. 
in that the world is a very, very big place. <laughs> and, uh, hmm. you know, um, you know, having sprees everywhere from Berlin to Kyoto is a very difficult and time-consuming process. And so I do think that in many ways, the, the kind of the growth trajectory, you know, of a company like Findry, of a product like Findry, is something that takes takes quite a bit of time, you know, before you have a lot of coverage. So, you know, and it happens in spots, spots you know, as you might not, as you may not have expected. So, for example, we have, you know, some very active users in Manchester, but oddly fewer in London. So it grows in a way that you can't predict. You know, mm. there's just it's just really dependent on the community and how it grows, and it can grow any any way, any way that it does. Well, it's I'm, always a surprise. I'm leaving a note right now just outside Luna Park uh, to, to mark the spot where I proposed to my wife because I like the idea of, kind of putting a space in time and marking that moment in, in a way that I really can't any other way because it's not like I can go down and etch my name in the in the concrete or or something like that. And, you know, goodness knows what happens to, to our thoughts and, and memories as we move on and whether or not we pass them all on. And it's the little things, isn't it, that um, that could build up a, a, real, a real sense of community and a real sense of history around both individuals and family and also in a country and, and the globe. Oh, all the places that you've had in your life are so important to you. And sometimes you forget them. It's funny. I, I have uh, a bunch of notes. I grew up when I was a small child. I lived in Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania on the east coast of the United States. And, um, you know, in the course of of exploring the map and writing notes, I remembered all of these stories. You know, this happened to me at the swimming pool. Mm. And here's what happened when I was afraid of the fireworks on the 4th of July, there are all of these things that I had completely forgotten about. When I started when I started really kind of thinking about place, the places are so important to us. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. Well, I love the idea. Um, I don't think it's hard to, to get across to people. I think it's just a matter of having people install uh, and, and use uh, the, the website, www.finally.com or um, findery.com or uh, going to the App Store and downloading the app. And it's it's... It's uh, you. You think it's easy to say. Oh, I'm just. I'm struggling to say it all the time. But uh, find f i n d e r y findery. Um, dot com. Findery. Have a, that's right. Have a yeah. look. Um, explore the map. Finder. I'm Findery. <laughs> uh, explore the map. Um, look for places of interest to you and mark them down and uh, and leave a note, as they say. Um, a great innovation. Uh, yeah. Good luck with it. All the success, uh, both down under and, and around the world. Okay, Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. All right, I told you I'd have some tips and tricks for Apple iPhone users. And this also applies to a lot of iPad users as well. Eight, eight things that I discovered or I've made note of, and I'll put these up on the website shortly too. So, you like taking selfies, which is when you reach your arm out, you put the front camera on and you take a photo of yourself. Uh, did you know that if you've got the Apple earphones plugged in, with a little button on the on the cord. You hold your phone out, you can press the button on your cord to take the photo. So you can have your other hand kind of down low out of the shot, snap it away instead of having to fumble around trying to squeeze the button. That's cool. That's tip number one. Tip number two, your battery charges faster when the phone's off or in airplane mode. Now that's not really rocket science because when your phone's off or in airplane mode, it's really doing nothing. Uh, so the only difference is when, you've, when your phone's in, not in airplane mode, it might be on your Wi-Fi network at home, it might be on the mobile network, that actually uses battery to just comprehend it and talk to the mobile network. So it charges a little faster when your phone is off or in airplane mode. That's tip number two. 
Tip number three, when your phone's off or, or locked, you just press the home button, and if you want to get to the camera, you don't have to slide to the to the right and put in a password. Bottom right-hand corner, there's a picture of a little camera. Slide your finger up from there, and you go straight into the camera app so you can start taking photos straight away. So never miss a quick moment because you just have to turn the phone on, slide up, and you're in the camera. Really cool, number three. Number four, did you know your iPhone is also a spirit level? Open up the Compass app and swipe to the right, you'll find a spirit level. Put the phone down on your floor, your wall, your tiles, whatever, and you'll see how many degrees they're in or out. Very cool. Tip number five is one of my favorites. I just, I've never looked back since learning this. If you're scrolling to the bottom of a web page, reading, 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 or you've scrolled through 100 emails, reading, 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 and you want to go back up to the top, you're scrolling down, finger to the top down, finger to the top down, finger to the top down, scroll, 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 scroll to get back up the top, stop it. Just tap your finger at the top of the screen in the middle, and it'll scroll, zoom, straight up to the top. One tap, right up the top. Very cool. Possibly my favorite. Now, number six, if you're typing an SMS or an email and you go, oh, I don't want any of that, instead of having to press the delete button a thousand times to remove what you've written, just shake your phone. It'll say, do you want to undo typing? Undo. Typing gone. Shake to erase. Very cool. When you're sending an email and you want to send a photo, if you type what you want and then tap on the screen in a, in a blank space where you want to put the photo, it'll give you select, select all, and paste. There's also a little arrow. Press the arrow, insert photo or video, uh, click it, and you can choose a photo and insert it into the email. Easy. And number f- number eight, a very cool one for people with iOS 7. Whenever the phone, wherever mode the phone is, as long as you can see graphics on the screen, so if it's, if it's off, press the home button, slide up from the bottom middle to unlock, to, to show the control center, bottom left of screen, a little torch, when you press it, turns on. The light on the back of the camera turns on, and you know what's really cool? This is ink. This is just the tiniest detail. Have a look at the picture of the torch. When you turn it on, the little sliding on button on the on the picture of the torch actually goes up. That's very cool. So there you go. Every iPhone is a torch now if it's running iOS seven, and those are eight simple tips and tricks that might just help you have a better experience with your iPhone. You listen to Your Tech Life. Get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com.au or call 1-800-157-157. And you listen to Your Tech Life. Get in touch. Uh, call 1-800-157-157 or go to the website yourtechlife.com or eftm.com.au. Let's go back to calls. Go, Brad. Hey, mate. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Uh, just a question. Is the Kogan TV any good? The Kogan TV. Well, uh, you know, they've come a long way. Uh, and Rosalind Kogan himself uh, often jibes me over my, my comments, which are well on the record, saying uh, I wouldn't put it in the lounge room, but it's a good second TV. Um, okay. I've actually got one at the moment to test. It's a 55-inch uh, LED, and I'll be honest with you, mate, it took me by surprise. I was very impressed with it. Okay. When I took it out of the box, um, very easy to set up for a start, put it on the stand. I mean, it's crude and rudimentary, but just four screws and it was done. Um, you know, from the front, it looks good. You know, it's not a badly designed panel. The basic menus are actually really impressive. And, and to be honest, I've actually got... See, here's what I've got in the lab at the moment, mate. You'll be a bit envious. I've got a high sense 65-inch ultra-high definition. 
Wow. I've got a TCL 65-inch ultra-high definition, and I've got this Kogan. Now, the ultra-high definition TVs are amazing and they're big, but the menus on them, which, which is kind of what I judge things on, they're not the best. And the Kogan okay. one's actually pretty easy to use. The whole thing, mate, it's Android. Okay. It's an Android yep. TV, so you can actually have, you can actually download apps and run Android. The only time it's a bit clunky is when you're using the smart TV Android functions of the keyboard on the screen. So you really want to grab one of your old keyboards, pair it up, and do some things like that to really get the most out of it. But as a TV, no two TVs are going to do anything different when it comes to watching free-to-air television. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have Foxtel? Yep. Uh, I've got Foxtel Play. So you don't have Foxtel HD? No, I no, don't, no. So if you had Foxtel HD, I'd say to you, that's when I'd want to sit a Kogan beside an LG and go, or, or Samsung and say, is the HD signal and the speed of updating and the processing re- better or the same or worse? But, mate, with standard definition television, I'm not even sure it matters. Do you watch All a lot right. of Blu-ray movies or anything? Well, I've got an Apple TV and stuff. I use that a lot. Yeah, okay, okay. Well... Um, the only the only time I'd be worried is if you have, if you watch a lot of fast motion stuff like higher okay. pace action movies. Yep. But then again, just look you know bang for your buck, you got to buy something that that wants for that on the Kogan website. So don't yep. skimp, don't get the cheapest one, even though they're all pretty cheap. All right. Um, look for a good smart TV. They're all pr- I think that most of their top range are uh, Android based now, so you'll love it because you can install apps and things on it. Um, is it for the the main like the lounge room or yeah, is it for the man for cave? Lounge room, yeah, just for a lounge room, mate. Yeah. And what have you got at the moment? Uh, I've got an LG 42 inch at the moment. A which, sorry? LG 42 inch. And is it a plasma or a, or a LCD or an LED? Uh, LCD. See, even just having an LED TV, thinner, better picture quality in yeah. terms of colours, you'll probably be yep. blown away just by a Kogan in that sense. All right. So I don't reckon you can. Honestly, I don't think you can go wrong. With a Kogan, unless you've got some really high expectation of stunning picture quality and refresh rates and, you know, all those kind of things, mate, mm-hmm. if you're just looking for a great TV to watch that's big, mm-hmm. bingo, Kogan. All right. I'm sold. All right, buddy. Let me know right. when you get it and then you can you can uh, tell me all about it, all right? Will do, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, yourtechlife.com. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you very much for listening. Another episode of Your Tech Life in the Can. Um, I'd love you to download that Findery app and uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. Leave some notes. Tag them, Your Tech Life or something. We might be able to find your little hidden notes, perhaps. I'd love to know what you think. Send me an email. Get in touch. Uh, I'm right here. I'm a real person. Easy to get in touch with. You can send me emails via the website. You can tweet me. I'm at Trevor Long. Uh, You can follow my public posts on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. Uh, you can find me on the radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock and every Tuesday afternoon at 2.30 uh, on TUE in Sydney. I'm um, Melbourne, my MP with Glen Ridge on, on Wednesday morning. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm easy to find. So you, you can say good day. Don't be afraid. Thanks for listening once again, episode 202. Talk to you next week.